Hello, and welcome to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. This is Danielle, your host here. And I just, again, want to thank you so much for listening to my voice. I don't ever take it for granted that you are here. So thank you for that. Um, This week, I actually am doing an impromptu podcast episode the day before it airs. I rarely do this because I am a planner and I am someone who is very methodical on what I'm putting out and how it is going to be, or I think about how it is going to be received and so forth. And this week, I've decided to just share with you some very raw, some very real stuff that happened this past week. So let me just get to it. The title of this podcast episode is called Strong Women Rise to the Challenge. And I was really kind of just thinking about, you know, what am I? Who am I? What do people think of when they think of me? Or um, what is the consensus? And I actually did a practice, I think a year and a half, two years ago, asking people, in different realms of my life to give me five words that come up when they when they think of me or when they um why they think of me and so forth and one of the common words was strong and this example that I'm going to share with you today is no different um so let me back up and I know I talk about this all the time but it has been a huge life changing thing if you are a female listening to this and you have had babies and vaginally or cesarean or however you've carried babies or maybe you've just carried a lot of extra weight on your body for far too long and you're having urinary problems and um, pelvic organ problems and things and I had a surgery almost a year ago and I cannot express to you that it has taken me almost a year to finally feel like I have my body back. So all that to say, I put in all the hard work. That's a whole nother episode. But I just want to say I have put in so much time, mental practice, mental resiliency, physical practice, physical resiliency, making myself a priority in that, making my healing, allowing my body to do what it's supposed to do and heal on its own. I do believe that we were created in a way that God knew that our bodies could heal themselves from the inside out. And I had people in my corner. I was doing everything right. And I finally turned a corner, a huge corner. And then I hit a wall. But guess what? I had people around me telling me and putting me in um, contact or networking me with people that would take me to the next level. And I was finally feeling like myself again, like even better and stronger and more capable. Um, By the end of May, I just, or I'm sorry, by the end of, yeah, by the end of May, I finally felt like my body was back, like for real. I was psyched. I had seen, I started seeing all of the the changes in my body and the changes in my mind, the changes in how the physiology of my body just works. And it's, it's working. It's, I don't know if it's ever worked this well before. And then something happened. Something happened last Sunday, so it is actually June 29th, 2021 that I'm talking about or recording this right now. It will air tomorrow, June 30th of 2021. Something happened last Sunday, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. And life was continuing. So my husband, um, he travels for work a lot and he had to go to Germany and there was something like he just felt off, okay? And my husband my husband is never off. Like he doesn't ever really worry about leaving the house. He really doesn't think about worrying on his trips. Like things just don't, it's just normal to us. But for some reason, he just felt off. So we prayed before he left. And I just joked because if you're a military wife or a police wife or some other first responder type of wife, you understand this kind of humor. I said, hey, please make sure you come home with breath in your lungs, not in a body bag, please. Um, And I say that laughing because what else is there to do? You could cry, right? 
I knew the week coming up was going to be super busy. The kids had activities after, you know, like in the evening, um, they had church, they had my son at his Taekwondo belt test, and I had my full workload. Plus, it was a week before my finals, my final exam for the Nutritional Therapy Association. I will be a nutritional therapy practitioner. I'm so dang excited. So I know that I have the studying. I know that I have content to write. I know that I have schoolwork to do. I know that I've got to give, you know, FaceTime to the kids. I know that I've got to take care of the house. I know I've got to be like the super travel soccer mom, though we don't play soccer in this house. Um, But I knew that I had to be it all this past week. Sunday, like every other week ever, before my son's um, Taekwondo belt testing, I sit with him every single day before he takes his test, that week before he takes his test, I run through all of the belt forms from white belt all the way up to where he is getting tested. And then I work with him on self-defense. I work with him on his kicks. So again, nothing out of the normal. I sat down and because of the angle of the kick that he needed this time, which I don't remember the name of it, but because of the angle of the kick he needed, he needed me to hold the board up a little higher. So I sat in a recliner chair and I held it where he needed it. He let him move it where it needed to be. And he was doing a fantastic job. He started getting frustrated, but man, his kicks were like solid. They were so dang good. Um, and I was so proud of him. I even have tears in my eyes as I'm even thinking about this. And this may be an emotional episode. Look at me, the non-emotional person, like putting back to back two emotional episodes together. Um, so anyway, we're doing it and he he starts struggling with the blue re breakable board. So I'm like, okay, let's go back to the yellow rebreakable board and let's just get down the form kind of like me. If I'm struggling with something at a certain weight, I'm like, okay, let's get it. Let's drop this weight back down and let's try the form and then try it again. Totally works. Worked for him too. So he um, did, broke the yellow board. We went back to the blue board and he broke it as if it was nothing. So phenomenal. And I'm like, okay, let's get five in a row. That's what we do. Let's get five breaks in a row. And you know, can like, it's all about that muscle memory in anything in life. Um, and I'm obviously going to make this like a broader thing. Um, but everything we do, if we can do it on repeat and feel and connect and be part of that moment, then we've got it. And that's something I think about with food with my with my business is that people don't think anymore. We are not connected to our food. We're not connected to why we're eating. We just know that we have a cue that tells us to eat. I right now, um, I totally forgot they were down here. Like I'm one of these people that forgets that there's candy or chocolates or things in my house because I have it on hand. I always have it on hand. And right now it's the it's from Imperfect Produce and it's uh, chocolate covered everything. So it's got like chocolate coated English toffee, caramel popcorn, almonds and pretzels, I guess. Um, and it's just sitting here. I just saw it. I just grabbed it. But the thing is, is that a lot of people don't stop and think and make connections. Everything. I hate to be my dad in the moment, but everything can be brought back to habits and muscle memory. Even your habit muscles, your um, food muscles, your um, exercise, strength training muscles, all of those can be traced back to muscle memory and you have strength in that memory. So going back to that blue board, um, I'm like, all right, dude, let's let's get this. We can do this. We got this. So he got mad because he missed a couple. I'm like, it's okay. Like, think figure out what you're going to do and push through. Remember that feeling of pushing through when you're kicking. So he breaks the board again. Awesome. I'm so excited for him. I'm like, all right, let's do it again, buddy. Let's do it again. And just like many instances in my life and um, other people I see or work with that we get comfortable 
We get comfortable. Yeah, I got this. I'm good. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. He got comfortable. And in the moments that he got comfortable, he made a mistake. And you know, most of the time, mistakes don't cause problems. Mistakes don't really hurt anybody. They don't do anything. It's just like, okay, let's learn from it and move on. But not this mistake. This mistake, he kicked straight through my knuckles. Now, when you, I don't know if you know what a kickable board is, but it's about the size of an eight and a half, maybe a little bit bigger um, in area, but it's about the size of an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that you would get out of your printing machine or your copier or whatever. And so I had my left hand on the bottom holding with my fingers down at the bottom, but it was secure. My arms, my elbow and my left hand was locked into place by my um, thigh. My right hand was on the top. I wish you could see me, um, (laughs) but my hand is on the top. And um, I had that locked straight out, like with my um, wrist or my bottom of my palm kind of pushing against it so that when he broke it, it wouldn't come flying back at me. And it was sturdy enough that he could break it. So there is kind of an art form on how to do that and not make it harder to break the board. But he made a mistake. He kicked my knuckle on the bottom. In that moment that it was hit... I knew it was more than just a little a little kick. I knew it was a little bit more because I tried to grab a hold of the board again for him to do it because I I have a really good pain tolerance. I know a lot of people say that, but I legit have a good pain tolerance. I really think that as long as I don't have a headache, I think I could win the the zombie apocalypse. I really do. But a headache will a headache is my kryptonite. So I grabbed it and I'm like, oh crap, I can't hold it. Um, So I'm like, okay, go get me some ice. And um, it just continued to swell underneath the ice. I'm like, okay, maybe it's just in this one area. I emailed my doctor that night because it just kept getting worse and worse. And like the pain just kept radiating. And so I emailed my doctor and um, he got me in that next day. He is a sports medicine doctor and he got me in the next day for x-rays. And I for sure have a broken, I think it's called the scaphoid bone. Um, But there was so much swelling in my hand at that point that he could not see the rest of my metacarpals, my wrist very well, um, or from my first and second finger on the left hand side, the knuckles, the area between. So like my um, phalange pieces, he could not see in there. And he's like, if it's a it's a slight fracture, a hairline fracture or something, he's like, I couldn't I can't see it right now. So um, I left Monday morning um, with my first two fingers buddy taped together with a splint on my hand and wrist and my fore, like the beginning part of my forearm. And that was just the beginning. I came home and I did a little bit of a workout um, just to get things going, keep things routine and did not realize till the next day how hard this was going to be. Do you realize how hard it is to type one-handed? And by that, I mean, not just type because we can all type one-handed, But to type and think and create at the same time, that doesn't work. My hands can't keep, my one hand can't keep up with the brain waves, the the pattern or the muscle memory in my brain of, okay, well, we can type at this speed. So we're going to think at this speed and we're going to operate at this speed. That was gone. It was halved. And so... I had a full client load on Monday, Um, Tuesday, thank goodness, I didn't have much to do other than to take the kids to their activities, and then obviously study for some, some of my exam. And as the radiating pain continued to get worse and worse, um, I realized (laughs) this was serious. 
but I didn't have time to think too hard. Um, I had to figure out how to make my business work. I type when my clients talk to me. I take notes. I give them support in the moments that we're talking. I provide them everything they need in those moments. But now my time with them it's gotten slower. I had uh, had to deal with awkward pauses and I apo- found myself apologizing a lot because I'm like, I am so sorry, but I'm handwriting these on my iPad um, to send to my assistant so that she can type them up and put them in your chart for me. So I apologize at how slow this is. And I cannot tell you in, no, in that instance or that example, how good God is. You see, God is not surprised that my hand is broken. He was not surprised that it would be broken on that Sunday when my husband is in Germany, across the pond, across the way, like however many thousands of miles away, he was gone. And it was just the kids and me. And so God was not surprised. He had a sermon. There was a sermon that um, our church did. And it, some I don't remember if it was in like January, February, March, sometime in there. I was convicted that I needed to take a lot of my work off my phone and put it on an iPad. Why? Because I was working too much and I couldn't do a self boundary. And I'm like, this isn't okay. I need to be with my kids, not answering text messages and emails and social media requests and all these things. I should not be doing that when I'm with my kids. So I got an iPad. And magically, I was able to afford it with my business money. Like I was able to pay for it. Like that was a huge fear of mine. Like I can't afford this. And so that all of the excuses were taken away. In fact, let me walk you through that. I had every excuse in the book. Why not to get an iPad? It was expensive. (laughs) It is. Don't, Don't get me wrong. Very expensive. I just don't need it right now. I... I can get that later. Oh, I can worry about that later. I just need to set up boundaries and be better. I just need to be better, do better, be good about it, about taking work off my phone and and do life with my family when it's family time and all of that. Do these excuses sound familiar? So my husband asked me, he's like, why don't we just go look at them? And I'm like, you know, I think I can make it work if I go to the military exchange store, because there's no tax on things, and there's already like a 10% discount on most Apple products there. So I'm like, okay, you know what, I will go look, I can afford the payments on that I could afford to do that. Get there. There's no iPads. There's no of the new, um, like the, the ones you can write on like the iPad pros, I think they're called none of those to even look at. I was discouraged. I drove 20 minutes one way to do that on a family night. And it wasn't there. And it wasn't accessible. And I was upset. And I'm just like, you know what, see, this is a sign. I just don't need it. But my husband steps in and pulls me aside. And he's like, what if we went to Best Buy and just looked? I'm like, but you know, I can't afford this. And he's like, just go look, play with it, see if you like the feel of it, see if you can actually do some of the things that you do for your business and all this on there. I'm like, okay, fine, I will. That was obviously me submitting to not my will, because if it was my will, I'd just go out to eat and then go back home. Um, So we get to Best Buy. And of course, I show up to, you know, if you've been to Best Buy, you know, you go to that little Apple section. And I'm like, I forget, was it eight, $1,200? Or however much it was expense, it was over $1,000. I'm like, look, I show him I'm like, look, I can't afford it. I don't even want to play with it. I don't want to get attached to it. I cannot afford it. I want to be responsible. So I don't know if God had it preordained, which I'm, he might have. Um, 
but he met my obedience of looking and just trying and he met it. Why? Because Dustin went over to the AT&T, like that's who um, we have our cellular service through, our cell phones through. He happened to just walk over there and ask them how much the iPads are from them. I want to be very clear. There is no um, prosperity gospel being preached here. This is all about my heart, God seeing, God knowing, and God preparing. Okay? We go to that... um, guy and he's and my husband's like no joke we can walk out of here with an ipad and not pay anything i'm like no like that's not like no 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 he's like no for real like just pay the tax on it and then we can leave and i'm like no that doesn't work that way like whatever and my husband just kept just kept demanding like and he doesn't demand like my husband's not one of those people that just demands he's like please go talk to this gentleman so i do and i'm like you've got to be kidding me how is this possible and then he looks at our phones this guy at best buy he looks at our phones and he's like well you can walk out of here with two brand new iphones and this ipad and only pay tax and then your cell phone bill is going to be less than what you're paying now and i'm like oh my gosh i couldn't say no i had every excuse ripped from me at that moment and that was in february or march my hand got broken this June. Guess what I had? I had an iPad with an Apple pencil to be able to dictate or to write and easily email someone to support me by typing up my notes and putting them in my client charts. Hello. God wasn't surprised. Okay, move on. And uh, my kids are doing all of their activities. Everything is going and through it all, all I could do as much as I saw how much I couldn't do anymore, or as much as I saw how things couldn't be the same as they were, I also wonder if they needed to be changed. I'm wondering if it's allowing me to get help in places I need. Places that no longer need me running, or need me in charge, or need me in control. I wonder if... Me being pulled back is teaching me to remember the gifts, gratitude. I had a few people here locally that showed up to help me. One gal went and got me groceries of the things that we needed to get through for lunches until my husband got back from Germany. Another ordered pizza and had pizza delivered for us right at dinner time. And my kids were so happy. These two people just took one thing off my plate that I no longer needed to handle. It was one last thing to handle. So this whole week, I, you know, I deal with a lot of, I carry a lot of baggage with my clients. I carry a lot of things like that. And that's why I work out a lot. Um, But Friday morning, um, I went to my personal training session and all of the work that I had put in with my physical therapy showed off, showed off. All of that work showing up for myself in those weeks that just got so boring, so mundane. I had to trust a process and trust people that weren't me. I had to trust that they had what was best for me in hand. I had no leaking, no urine leaking. I had no, um, I had no uh, hip pain, no pelvic pain, no pressure. We found some things to work on, obviously, because I'm not perfect. And I have a lot of things to undo and redo and things. And I'm just shocked but something my trainer brought up was you know you're gonna have to work on that grip strength right and I was like 
Yep. And she said, I want you to know I'm here for you because I know how hard you worked to get that grip strength because it made me so mad that I could not swing on the pull-up bar um, after my surgery. And so I worked so hard on that grip strength. I realized how much I use my grip strength every day, all day, how much a, a second hand is a gift. But I also learned no matter what, I don't have to have a second hand. That second hand is a gift. And I'm grateful that I get to heal. I'm grateful that I'm healthy, that I'm well, that I'm vibrant, and that I can heal. I'm grateful that I have the things in place to support me. I'm grateful that God is not surprised by my today. I may be surprised, but he isn't. And you know, when my husband got home, it was like 11 something um, at night. He got home from Germany that next day. I sobbed. I bawled, I cried, and I'm not a, I'm not like a big, like, I don't just show my emotions. And he said something that kind of set me off and it was totally not inappropriate. It was totally me. And it was about a pool, the pool. Like we have a little blow up pool out back that we kind of keep chlorine in and keep it clean. And while well, I hadn't done it. And to me, it felt like he was pointing out the one thing I didn't do. And he's, and he was very very vocal about, um, I came home and I assumed I'd come home to a, a hot mess of a house. I assumed I'd come home to like just chaos and whatever. And he said, this house is clean. The kids are cared for. They're fed. The animals are fed. They're taken care of. Everybody's loved. Everybody is taking everything. Everything ran without a hitch. And that's when I cried because that was, that gave me permission to admit I was overwhelmed I didn't, you see, I didn't know I was overwhelmed. I didn't have that word. How crazy is that? Who else wouldn't be overwhelmed if their hand is broken and they still have to do life without a spouse and without all the other things going on? And so I had the words, I'm overwhelmed. I need help. And so I'm saying all of this because so often we know the right things to do. So often we do the right things. But all too often we think we have to do it alone. And I'm, I'm one of those. I actually do not like to get help. I will be the first to admit I don't want to get help. And I actually am very choosy of who I allow to help me. Um, I'm just, I don't want other people in my business. And I also don't, I've been hurt. I come from a small town and, and small town gossip still defines how I do life with people. But strong women ask for mentors. Strong women admit when they need help. Strong women have strong people behind them shoving and pushing them toward the goals. Strong women have men and women behind them speaking in their ear and pushing them toward God and reminding them of their priorities. Strong women are able to rise to the challenges because they have the right people, because they have God, because they have the right heart and humility to submit and let go of those dumb excuses like I had about the iPad and let go of the excuses of, well, I know I need to eat less and I know I need to exercise a little bit more. Well, you know what? You know that, but do you? And when I say do you, do you do it? There's a reason why you can't do it all. 
I profess that we should have mentors everywhere in our lives, everywhere. And everywhere, I mean it everywhere. So all this to say, my left hand is broken. I'm overwhelmed by the tasks on my plate. I am so grateful that God was not surprised by my broken hand. I am so glad and grateful that he has people in my lives, including my instructors at the NTA, um, at the NTA, my classmates, people coming out of the woodwork to step up where I need it, even when I don't deserve it, even when I struggle to ask for the help, or even when I struggle mentally. Because all these people and God, all the names or the, I, the things I just mentioned, all those people are pointing me to God. All of those people are pointing me to my priorities, which include God. All of those people are supporting me. Why? Because they know me and they care. Strong women rise to the challenge because they have no other excuse. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I truly am grateful that you are here. If you would like to thank Danielle for this episode, you can buy her a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash CIMC. All the ratings matter. And I say that every other podcast is going to say that. But if you can rate this podcast at five stars, or you can screenshot and share this on your social media and tag me at cryinginmycheesecake.com, it really helps people to have access to this content. Thank you.